Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I am here with Peacock, who is willing to spend a little bit of time telling us about his card counting journey, which which I think is a pretty unique one. So, Peacock, thanks for being on on our podcast. Yeah, Colin, thanks for having me. Awesome. So, I want to just kind of start at the beginning, which is how did you get interested in card counting? It's an interesting story because I'd say that it probably started with me becoming interested in blackjack more as um, a uh, a gambler and not necessarily uh, interested in in learning the uh, advantage plays. But I spent a long time, um, like many people, uh, in casinos playing blackjack, not knowing what I was doing there for entertainment purposes, and ultimately you know, losing a lot of money. And uh, the 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 moment that I discovered. Um, yeah, it started with Black Track Apprenticeship. I was doing research after a, uh, a trip to Vegas where uh, I was trying to find double deck games. And um, just that led me to some searches and trying to learn some more uh, advanced uh, um, you know, blackjack techniques or whatnot. I stumbled onto the site. I liked what I saw. And here we are four years later where you know, I'm a, a multi um, um, boot camp uh, yeah. attendee and, you know, part of the, you know, part of the community. So really interesting. So, so you were just looking for Googled or something like advanced double deck techniques or something. Yeah. So I, I, I started with, uh, what was I looking for? I was looking for double deck, um, ad- advanced plays and I may have okay. mistyped it. I may have mistyped it and it came to did you mean advantage plays? Uh-huh. And then, and then, next thing you know, I stumbled upon uh, blackjack apprenticeship. Started to do doing a little bit of research, and then ultimately, um, you signed up for membership, and you and I had a call. And yeah, here we are. I, re- I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's pretty interesting because I think most people find us because they're actually looking for card counting or something like that, and you were just wanting to uh, gamble better, basically. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted to learn a little bit more about the math behind the game, and then what I realized quickly was, wow, there's really not a way to beat this game um, by just gambling. Yeah. You have to learn more of the, um, you know, the, the proper way to approach it, and you know, one thing led to another. I'm really happy I did it because I've uh, lost a lot less money in the <laughs> casino since then. You've you've made money as a card counter, right? That's that's right. I okay, I've, t- I've taken money out of casinos. I've won money. We'll come yeah. to the tax tax implications yeah. later. I'm sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so you have a day job. I do. Um, so that's one of the things that makes it interesting. I think for myself and at least a lot of the people I know, they get into card counting to to make some extra money. But you weren't really looking. F- Can you share anything? All all I know is that. You are a part of a large company, and every time I talk to you, it seems like you get some sort of a raise or or, <laughs> or like promotion. Uh, yep. I don't I don't know if if uh, you're in in charge of the world yet, but but uh, can you share anything with us about what you do? Sure, sure. So I um, I'm the president of a managed services uh, provider, um, private equity owned. So um, spent I spent most of my career in corporate large companies, and this is more of a mid-sized company, but you know, certainly uh, keeps me busy. And I think you know, the, the, the hobby of um, you know, playing blackjack and gambling, it led me to, as I mentioned previously, the you know, blackjack apprenticeship. But, but ultimately, yeah, I got to the point where it was more about um, being disappointed with the way that casinos um, take advantage of people. 
and it, it became almost less about making. It wasn't really about making money. It was more about you know beating the house and and, and turning the, the the math against the casino and and a seeing if I could do it. But then you know after you know becoming um, uh, effective, really enjoying the challenge of working as a group and being part of the community. So you know, ultimately, the the plan was never to to make it a living or make it a full time job. Uh, although you know, it did end up on a small team um, here at the you know the recent recent history, but you know, a little bit of a different journey than perhaps the, yeah. the everyday um, do it for a living type deal. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, what was it? So you you're interested in basically like losing less in casinos. Then you stumble into the advantage play world. What was what was it like? Um, I mean. I think I can think for myself, I had this motivation of, oh man, if this works, that would be a huge benefit to, to my, my bottom line. Uh, what, what was it like for you kind of discovering, okay, I, w- I want to master this thing. I want to learn it and, you know, training all, all that. What did, what did that feel like? Or what, what were you experiencing going through that part of the journey? Yeah, I think um, initially I I got uh, enamored with you know the stories you you read or the movies you see and you think it's all glamour and you're you know you're you're winning every session uh, you know, thousands or tens of thousands or, or more uh, you don't realize the amount of work that you know that you need to put into it and and it's all about the long run so in time if you're perfect um, your AV and EV should be pretty close but along the way you know there, there are lots of, of bumps and there's 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 as much time you put into practicing and scouting games and planning out your your um, you know your your risk versus EV and you know, is it a team is it you know something you can spend uh, is it something you spend weekends doing or nights are you traveling are you local there are all these considerations so you know going through all that and then you know making it more of there was just a lot of energy that that had to be put into it on top of just um, you know winning hands or winning sessions so it was uh you know it was, it was interesting and the more i i learned and the more i got, I got into it you know the more kind of addictive it got mm-hmm. um and you know you can kind of scale out from there so so addicted to like mastering the skill or, or proving that you could do it or or just like addicted to to learning more about this you know whatever the the stories or yeah, most of it is mastering it and and being you know convincing myself that I could do it because um, it's it's not you, you could get it, it, coming into it new it's it's easy to get overwhelmed by all the big numbers and the math and the stories and you could be intimidated. Um, I could say I remember turning up at one of the first boot camps. I didn't know what to expect and I was expecting you know a bunch of uh, folks who were uh, masters of the domain and, yeah. and may, maybe arrogant and I was. And I was, I wanted to go because I don't, I, any recommendation I would make to anyone listening is attending a boot camp would be mandatory if you're going to make this a big part of, you know, what, um, your, your blackjack career. But, uh, uh, so, you know, w- wanting to master it and, uh, and convincing myself I could do it, um, getting addicted to that. And then once you get into it, it's like, all right, well, I'm putting all this work into it. I want to apply it and I want to go through, you know, one, um, you know, a period of time where I can get to, and zero on one spread and see how AV and EV looked and, and then have some experiences to share from it. That's awesome. So I want to back, I want to back up a little bit. Um, people don't know this, but, uh, as I've gotten to know you over the last few years, you're somebody that I really respect and appreciate your input into, into my business, which is blackjack apprenticeship and, you know, stuff like that. So out of curiosity, uh, I want to hear more, 
you, you were sharing your expectation with a boot camp. What did you find it to be relative to what you're expecting? It was opposite in a, a lot of ways because uh, I, what I found on my my first one, I've been to five, I think five or six. Wow! I will I'll be attending the, the one coming up here in July as well. I think. Hell yeah! I always learn from them. Yep. Uh, but the you know what I experienced was a bunch of people wanting to help each other and wanting to learn. Uh, so even the experts, even the you know the instructors. I think in my first one, I know Colin, um, uh, JC Note, uh, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. and others were, were there and everyone was so willing to answer questions, so willing to help that, you know, the, uh, the dealing sessions, you, your first ones are a little intimidating. You're like, wow, I don't, I don't know how I, my skills stack up against everyone else's and I don't want to make a mistake, but you're there to make mistakes. You learn from your mistakes. And, you know, wh- when you, you first, uh, join the forum and you start, you start, doing your initial, uh, basic strategy, um, you know, mastering basic strategy and learning how to count. Like it's, you make mistakes, you learn from them, you get better, you go to boot camp. you learn where your whole, the holes in your game are, and then you get better. And then you come back and next time you're, you know, you're way better than you thought you even could be. So I have, I had really positive experience evidenced by the fact that I've been back a bunch of times. Um, and I don't think that I could point to one session where there were, any real jerks there it was all always always a positive experience we've we've had i can think of one jerk <laughs> uh but but it's pretty rare and i i think that's just uh usually by the time someone gets to a boot camp they kind of know what we're about which is hopefully being supportive and all that i don't want this to sound like a puff piece or promoting a boot camp so <laughs> i want to move on but it's helpful helpful for me to hear you know what what the experience is like since you know put a lot of energy into it but um okay so there's there's a story side. You're saying you're you know kind of enamored by the stories, and I remember uh, <clears throat> Ben was a part of a thing called Entrepreneurs Organization, and uh, and uh, it, was, it was these guys that a lot of them they're they're like started or running these multi million dollar companies, and some of these guys were worth you know tens of millions of dollars or more, and and uh, they were like completely fascinated with Ben's stories, uh, about card counting. And, uh, there was some, one of the guys said something loud, something like, uh, like winning money is way more glamorous than making money or something like that. But what, I mean, it was that some of the kind of attraction to you since it it wasn't so much the, like trying to make an extra buck. Yeah. I think it's the, the thrill of having big bets out there and having them go your way. And the idea of, you know, splitting tens into many hands and, and having the the black and purple chips move from dealer to you, like those, those exciting times or where you got to double down and it's face down and she flips it and you end up, you know, coming out on the, on the, the, the right side of it. Uh, All those, those highs are, what you get enamored with. And it's funny when you, when you hear people tell stories, whether they're uh, well, mostly gamblers will tell stories about large hands. They won mm-hmm. um, rarely, you know, maybe uh, le- less frequently are they talking about huge, um, you know, losses, but Never. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You, you don't, you don't want, you don't talk about that. You're celebrating how great of a gambler you are. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So those, those are the types of stories and you, you think about it and you see the movies that uh, a lot of the, um, the, uh, uh, the the movies around uh, winning teams and such, but that's what I was originally attracted to, and, and it led me to actually becoming a, a, a proper advantage player. 
That's awesome. I, I actually just did a test out with a guy last week, and he was telling me how his his family is like asking, you know, I think they're a little bit nervous uh, with him learning how to play blackjack or whatever. It just sounds like a gambler. And they're, he, he gets back from the casino and they're like, oh, how'd it go? And, he, and he's like, well, I lost, but I'm really happy because I played perfectly. And yep. he's, he's like, that, that sounds so bad to them. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. man, this, this guy's problem has really gotten bad where he's like, you know, losing and saying he's happy. But uh, they, just, they just don't get it. Yep. It's funny, though. But, so, but some people, when you can't explain it to them, it's uh, interesting, maybe back to the, the difference between um, you know, my career and, and uh, blackjack versus um, uh, others. So uh, the, we're, the company I run is private equity owned, and I, I've gotten comfortable enough with my board members to, to share these experiences. And they, we had a board meeting this week, in fact, and the, their first question they ask is, you know, you've been playing, how's it going? Oh, man. We, so, we, so there are similarities between you know, the math of blackjack and, um, and, and some of the, uh, the techniques they use to make money. So we, we have really deep conversations, which tend to lead into the math side. But they always ask me, all right, well, tell me about this. What's the largest hand you won? What's the largest set, the, the largest winning session? Tell me some stories they like to hear about. Um, they're enamored by surveillance. And I showed them, uh, uh, in fact, uh, uh, had, was nice enough to send me uh, one of my uh, OSN entries uh, that had been added just to warn me about it, and, and I have it in my my email. Uh, it's got a picture of me. It's got my bet, you know, my bet spread and all these things. So I I, sh- I showed it to them one time, and it's just they keep bringing it up. It's a it's just a funny example of how um, you know this this world is just so different, and it's it's very interesting to people who aren't familiar with it. Are are they at all concerned, or do they love it? No, they love it. They love it because I have to explain. I mean, the first uh, I introduced them to it by saying, number one, uh, card counting advantage play is not illegal. It's frowned yeah. upon by casinos because they want you to lose money. Um, you know, uh, but it, once you got them, got them comfortable with that, and it made sense, then yeah, you know, it's it's more comfortable. But uh, I can understand why initially people people think, oh. Oh, it's bad. Oh, yeah. Why are why are they taking pictures of you? Why are they asking you to leave the casino? Well, the answer is because they don't want to lose money, and you're going to beat them if you're playing perfectly and you're there long enough. I I kind of have a feeling people in uh, maybe it depends what kind of corporate world, but at least in the I don't know your company's not a startup, but um, I, I would just imagine people in that in in your world might understand it a little bit more. I remember I told a guy, it was like one of the dads from my uh, son's Little League team. He's like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, well, I count cards. I teach people how to count cards for a living. And and it's like, he, he's in the banking world. So he's, he, immediately he's like, well, I would think that that's you know, violating some sort of regulation. It was like, oh, he just doesn't, you know, doesn't think about it the right way. But it seems like at least people on your board get it. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's just it's funny though. Sometimes when you're when you know you're doing things correctly, but things aren't going your way, yeah. like you just described, you play perfectly, but you had a losing session. But along the while, you know, you, you turn up with um, you know with however much money you're, you have for your session role, but you keep pulling money out of your pocket to yeah. go, you know, to buy it for more. And to everyone around you, it's like, wow, this this guy or girl has a problem. But yep. no, you really don't. You're, you're <laughs> yeah, you just gotta keep. Firing those bets out there, you got the edge. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, um, do you see where are some other areas of overlap between advantage play and card counting, and kind of more the 
executive world or uh, you know your 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 day job? Yeah, I think um, maybe one would be focus, uh, because without focus, you cannot possibly uh, count cards or or proper you know advantage plays based on focus. And I translate that back into the, my corporate uh, life and job and companies that are focused on being great at certain things, like um, you know, uh, whether it's client experience or or if you're focused on. Um, you know, one set of products versus many, uh, you tend to be more successful. You know, mm. companies that have too many priorities, you can't balance them. You're trying to do too many things. That, that, that's not usually an effective way to to um, to drive. So, uh, you know, the, the, and, and in fact, it was a little tough for me at the beginning to make sure that you're paying attention and you're you're very focused, and you have to um, use some techniques to to make sure that you're you're not drifting or even between um, you know between rounds. Uh, mm-hmm. At the beginning, I, I lose I lose the running count just because I, I wasn't I wasn't focused. And then eventually, you you build and you you learn the techniques and you get perfect and um, you practice and and that you know that that's a direct uh, a direct similarity that you know I I still use today in day to day business. That's good. I just uh, that remind me. I just saw a business book I think yesterday, and kind of the premise was there's like these different zones of expertise like when you don't know anything and then you know a little bit and then there's the third zone is like you're you're pretty good at something like you're you're quite good uh but but this this guy that wrote the book is saying that's really dangerous because um you know a lot of people can be good at something but really the goal is to be excellent at something and i'm like oh that's like card counting you know like if you're pretty good it's actually more dangerous than not being good because when you know you're not good you, you know, you're not going to be a risk to yourself. But if you're pretty good, you can go out there with this false confidence and, you know, maybe you have some winning days, but but if you just aren't excellent as a card counter, you know, so is it, I guess I see uh, parallels to advantage play uh, all over the place, I guess, if you're looking for it. Any other things? Yeah. Um, so on that last point, before I give you another one, it's, it's like, if you're going to advise someone, uh, if someone asks, what should I do if I'm going to a casino? That happens a lot. Yeah. And it's like, for number one, don't go. Yeah. Like, you have to go and, and uh, just watch. Don't play. If you're not going to listen to that and you're going to play, then go buy a basic strategy card if you don't have time to memorize it and play table minimum and that's it. Because people just, um, you know, a lot of times people can't, can't help themselves. Yeah, man, everybody's an expert at the blackjack tables. <laughs> so, so painful. Exactly. Exactly. I think, um, maybe the other one would just be, uh, you know, staying within your means, not trying to do too much, um, you know, with, uh, in, in corporate life and in business in general, like just, just knowing what your limitations are, not trying to do too much, just, you know, staying, um, staying grounded. I think it's the same thing sometimes, uh, in, in advantage play and, just knowing what your game plan is, knowing what you're there to do. Don't deviate from your plan. Um, there's no such thing as gut instinct. You're yeah. there with a plan. Execute the plan. Um, and then, you know, when, when it's time to go, it's time to go. So if you're starting to get tired, don't don't push it too too much and you know, stick to the game plan. I think that's probably a, another good one. Yeah, that's that that's a good one. Um, it made me think of another, which is to measure... Uh, look back at decisions based on if you generated EV, not on the result. I feel like there are plenty of things where, you know, I made a decision. It didn't like 
go great, but but rather than looking at every every loss as a mistake, looking at well, did I generate EV? You know? Yep. Like, yep. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly. It, it's a good. It's a good one. So one of the functions that I'm responsible for is our sales function, and there's there's a lot of data um, that uh, enable us to make correct decisions. Are you going to win every deal? No. Yeah. Um, but you you have you know you have certain trends and things that you look at to put yourself in the best position to be successful, um, and you know, is you can go back after a, a, a lost deal or a lost engagement and say okay well I did these twelve things and everything that was in my within my control I controlled the things that are beyond my control you know it is what it is and you know learning from it so it's probably yet another parallel totally totally. Um, I, I haven't talked much about this. I, I mentioned it to you, but uh, that I <clears throat> recently wrote a book and uh, working on getting it published and um, going back and forth with the publisher. But uh, you know, before before I decided to do it, I, I just thought of it in terms of EV. Like, what's what's the EV you know of writing this book? Is it going to be positive EV for my business? But is, is it going to be positive EV for people? And and even like this is a little bit you know, maybe OCD, but like I even calculated a EV that I expected to generate with, with writing a book. And, you know, um, I definitely wouldn't have thought that way before card counting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I, I have no doubt that your, your AV will exceed EV. (laughs) Oh, I hope so. Thanks. Um, so would you say you've been doing this four years now? Is that right? That's right. There and abouts. Yep. Yeah. So, you talked a little bit about like casinos and and uh, just seeing the way they operate, but would you maybe that answers this question? Maybe not. But what would you say the things that attracted you to card counting and advantage play in the beginning are the same things that you know still attract you to beating the house? Um, that's a, it's a good question. The things that originally attracted me were like the glamour of winning and walking out or winning hands and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost, I think like the opposite is, is actually true. It's like, I want to, I want to defeat the, the house that, that, um, puts people in these, these horrible situations. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, you know, it's like a, it's, it's almost like it's, it's a, a game that you want to, you want to win, um, to beat the, you know, the, the evil empire that's out there. Yeah. Like, even if you look at, I mean, if you look at how conce- casinos are configured, um, and, and one of the, the, the main lessons learned that I've taken over the past few years is, you know, most of my gambling career, I'm not proud to say this, but most of my gambling career before I converted to advantage play was spent in casinos, um, probably, you know, with alcohol, not really paying attention. So you don't really, un- you don't recognize your surroundings, uh, and and as you evolve and, and learn the game and, and over the you know over my um, my advantage play career, like I spent a lot of time in casinos and being uh, very aware of my surroundings. And what do I see? I see a lot of people that shouldn't be there. I see a lot of people gambling, um, doing you know horrible things, smoking, drinking, which everyone's entitled to 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 make those choices on their own, but probably to to excess. And then you see the casinos not discouraging people when they've had too much to drink. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, taking advantage of people, even the way that the, the, um, the games that have the best house odds for them are set up strategically to be in your face as you walk in. 
so all that, you know, to come back long winded answer to your question is like, that's kept me motivated to say, you know what, someone, we, we collectively have to stand up to this and not let that, um, that business model succeed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that they, like their carpentry is designed to disorient you, you know, like the, the design, everything, uh, their, their marketing, it's, people say, oh, well, it's entertainment. Well, they're not trying to entertain you. <laughs> they're, they're like, they're trying to prey on you. And it, it's okay, well, that's fine. But then when you've been on the side that, that we've been on and like see how they treat, you know, treat someone that actually uses their brain, takes the time to play a game well, you know, uh, you have any, uh, any uh, stories that come to mind about casino uh, reactions? Yeah, I I would say my experience and my advice would be that I think backoffs, um, even trespasses, go as well as um, you know how you handle them. Uh, you know it's coming, uh, whether you know it's coming, it's just a matter of time. So uh, there are a couple times where I, I got I was in a I was in a, a casino in um, the Midwest. And I had been in and out several times. And the most recent time I was in there, I didn't even place a bet. And I was um, immediately met uh, on the floor by security who escorted me out and trespassed me. And the funny part about the whole thing is you could look at it and, I'm like, and, and say, okay, I'm getting escorted out of a casino by security. I had been placed one bet and I haven't been here in however many months. And he didn't even know why he was escorting me out. And when I when I mentioned to him as I was leaving um, that I guess I said something like I guess they don't they don't like advantage players here he started chuckling he's like he, like, he couldn't believe he couldn't believe it so it was funny Man. so you have those and then you have other ones where, where the the uh, the pit or security whoever it is take it a little bit too far and and they're the ones that make it a, a hard situation so I think uh, there are a couple of casinos in in uh, Las Vegas that aren't too uh too happy with uh with my presence and (laughs) some of those situations didn't go quite as well but either way it's part it's part of the deal and you know you just need to know what your rights are you need to know um how to handle people and just just be nice just be nice and that's the best way to make it go so when you say take it too far like they haven't physically done anything no okay no just just the verbal part of it and and making you know making it more of a scene than it needs to be yeah uh as well as making it seem to others who are around that it's something more than it is. So yep. we know that this is this is perfectly legal. We also know that the casino is private property and they have the right to deny um, you know, deny access, deny entry. Uh, but it's uh, there are so many uneducated people even working for the casino that uh, it's you know sometimes less um, less pleasant than uh, than we'd like it. Yeah, I, I know I've told this story before, but. It, it just always comes to my mind. I got backed off at a casino, and, and there's like 15 security guards. Like, you know, what what are they expecting me to do? Like yeah. to dart across the floor and try to place a bet, you know? Right, uh, right. Like, like to, you know, go Jackie Chan on them. Like, I, I just don't know <laughs> what, what they're even expecting. It, it just seemed like completely inappropriate response to someone playing blackjack well. But yeah, it's whatever. unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, I, we don't have to get into anything too personal, but I remember you one time saying something about like uh, you kind of came from 
a rougher background and, and that you're scrappy and that, that that plays into enjoying this. Is that true? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I had a uh, up and down childhood, so uh, experienced some some positive times, but went through some really hard times uh, growing up, which, which at least in my case, taught me, um, you know, to value what you have and, and also work really hard because uh, nothing's going to be given to you. So uh, that application here is I looked at it as a real challenge when I first turned up at a boot camp. I was like, wow, I have a lot to learn. I left there feeling like well, I thought I knew more about this than I really do, and I I put a lot of work into to, to training, and ultimately, you know, the the reward on the back end of it isn't about winning money. It to me, it's about it's about knowing, you know, getting uh, tested out at boot camp and then applying skills in a casino and then watching watching AV and EV work themselves out over a really long period of time. So the dollars didn't make it as much of a reward for me personally. Uh, you do want to take money out of casinos, which was my mission. Um, but at the same time, it was like the, the reward now is, wow, I was able to do it. That's great. And, um, you know, just recognizing all the work, hard work paying off and, um, you know, the, the teamwork and collaboration with, uh, with, uh, with the folks that were in, involved with my journey. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's, that's actually, uh, Really good, really good point. I think some people get into card counting thinking it's going to be easy money, and you know we've talked about it plenty of times before. It's it's not easy money. Like it's good money, um, at least you know in in my opinion. It's it's you know I I calculated uh, four hundred and thirty two dollars an hour for my career. Like that's to me that's good money, um, but I didn't get. I'm not afraid of hard work, so you know. Um, if you're afraid of the hard work it's going to take to master card counting and not just master it, but actually put in the hours at the casino to be on a trip and to be tired and to say, you know, I want to get a few more hours in. If you're afraid of that, then, you know, look for another way to make a buck. But, uh, if you're not afraid of hard work, you know, or I guess I'd say you can't be afraid of hard work if you want to be a card counter. And, uh, to someone with your background, and I would say in, in a lot of ways myself, in, in high school, I had a couple jobs all at the same time. You know, there's something exciting about working hard and then seeing the fruit of that hard work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So a few more questions and then I'll let you go. But uh, any, any advice for people that are interested in becoming a card counter or are earlier on in the journey? Yep. Uh, I would say first part is... Uh, Using the tools that you have access to uh, to to become perfect and, and learn, um, you know, from others that are in similar situation uh, is, you know, boot camp for me was a huge step, and I left there. I feel like way way better off than than I I um, I had thought I would be, uh, and then leveraging the resources that you have with um, you know uh, the, the tools. So. Uh, forum and, and meeting other people that are in a similar situation. I think that that was really good. Uh, the other thing I'd say is once you do get to the point where you are, um, you're able to, to, to play live in a casino and you're comfortable with it. Um, I, if I had to do it again, I would not have gone. I, I almost felt like I had something to prove by, I wanted to be obvious enough hmm. that I would get noticed to validate my skills. And that was a really bad choice because hmm. um, I had spent uh, the, the casino doesn't matter but I when I was a gambler I played um, high limited a double deck game in, in one of the strip casinos and one of my 
first or second times out, I was, you know, spreading way too much in, um, you know, high limit double that game and it got me flagged and, you know, it, it was, um, you know, I probably could have had a better, uh, opportunity to take advantage of the, the juicier double that games if I didn't go, you know, so uh, aggressively, um, in, in that, in that set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, you know, if you, if, depending on what your, your, your bankroll is and the games you play, there are plenty of opportunities to play. So there's no reason to make a spectacle in <laughs> one place it's just stick to your game plan and, um, and, and you'll, you'll be fine. Awesome. Um, so, I know one of the challenges that you've had, and, and this might apply to other people that um, have a uh, pretty good income, what, especially geographically for you, I think, is the whole tax situation. Can you kind of dive into that at all? Yeah, sure. So, um, again, I'll qualify this by saying my main motivation wasn't to uh, earn money, but I wanted to prove uh, that it could be done and ultimately teamed up with, uh, uh, one of our, uh, members, uh, S deeds that goes by and we had a great, you know, great setup, small team. Uh, we put a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of energy into it. Um, and ultimately what I realized from a tax standpoint is unless you can, um, file, file your taxes as a professional gambler, it's really difficult uh, to you know to to make money. Um, what do I mean by that? It's like uh, you could you could win money in a casino. However, um, if you have a W two, as an example, uh, you're you're not going to be able to deduct any of your expenses. Uh, so all of your travel costs, your food, you know, hotels. Okay, so that comes out of your your AV, uh, and then and then if you're if you're unlucky enough to live in a state um, like Illinois, uh, you 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 can't net you, your losses against your wins in a year. So for example, if you win a thousand dollars in a casino one night, and and lose a thousand and lose five hundred the next night, you're you're paying taxes on you're paying state taxes on the thousand, not not the five hundred net. So for in my personal situation, and even as a team, uh, in this case, you, you, the, the taxes were a real burden. Now, at the end of the day, I looked at our journey. Uh, S, uh, SDs and I uh, were, were in a team situation for about a year. We ended up um, exceeding AV. The That's numbers awesome. don't matter. Yeah, we exceeded we exce- we ex- AV exceeded EV. The numbers don't matter. Yeah. It was a ex- successful journey. And you know, forget the taxes. In our case, it was... Uh, it, it wasn't as huge of a deal, but if you're going into it without doing all that research at the end of the year, you're going to look back and, and you're going to be re- really disappointed or, uh, or worse. So I'd make sure to do the research ahead of time. Yeah. I, I think it depends on the situation you're in because the first uh, couple of years that I played, it wasn't, I didn't file as a professional because, you know, even I think my second year I made you know, something like $60,000, but it, it still didn't like qualify. There wasn't the regularity and whatever. And it was actually way better tax wise. So <laughs> disclaimer, I'm not a tax professional. This is not tax advice. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, my wife and I were also on a low tax bracket and in a state with no state income tax. Um, and so your situation was different in that you had you're in a higher tax bracket um at least than i was and uh you're in a state with 
with state income tax. And on top of that, you're trying to run it as a business with a lot of overhead being a team and you covering all the expenses. Um, so I, I guess, you know, bottom line is what you said, which is like, do, do the research, like uh, contact uh, Russ Fox, who's in, in Vegas. If you want to do this, you know, professionally, um, just to, just to make, make sure it's, it's going to make sense if you're going to have a lot of expenses for it. But that was, I remember having those conversations with you and it was, it was a bummer, uh, you know, but it's just kind of all the, the, you know, pieces of the equation you were in, it was like, you know, not as, as profitable as it could have been because of all the other tax implications. Yeah. And also with that too, is, um, depending on all the research upfront, like you just said, and then also the, um, Keeping track of all your sessions accurately, that when I did talk to Russ, he, he, I was already doing it, but I would recommend just making sure you're keeping good records uh, of, of what you're doing so um, you, you can go back and, and, uh, and retrace your steps. Um, you know, be careful of uh, 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 CTRs and you know, just know that there are cameras everywhere. So just mindful yeah. of it. It's not something you want to mess around with, in yeah. my, my opinion. Jeez, yeah. Don't. Uh, someone just asked me today about like using a device to count for you in a casino, and there's this app where you can, and it's like, yeah, you could, but don't do it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just not worth. It. I feel the same way with with the tax stuff. You know, like avoiding CTRs. Just just don't do it. It's not. Yep. You know, the risk is just way too high if if you're gonna screw with the IRS or whatever. That's but, right. That's so right. so you've played all over the U.S. Have you played? Uh, you know, any hot spots or you played anywhere outside the U S I have, um, I was, uh, let's see recently I was in, I was in London and there, you know, I was, I did some research. I talked to, uh, to and a couple other uh, members about, uh, what the, uh, you know, I wasn't quite sure what the laws are outside the country and mm-hmm. you know, the UK there's been, you know, there's been some recent news with, uh, with Phil Ivy and, and some of, um, his, uh, his, his court, uh, decisions had me worried so i was able to play in london uh one of the they have four deck games there which oh nice yeah which is good the european no hole card is a little bit different so you just have to learn the the charts and and slightly different deviations i was able to play um and it was it was i I put a couple sessions in i didn't i didn't sit on it too long just because i wasn't quite sure they were certainly watching the action so that was if you're going to play outside the country the recommendation would be um look up uh members uh i think been traveling all over europe he had a huge map last time i saw him with places so i would talk to him and talk to others to get local knowledge um and uh and make sure yeah make sure you're aware the other thing i'd I'd recommend is if you're carrying a lot of money internationally uh make sure that you're you just aware of it and i think if you're coming in with more than ten thousand, you have to you have to file paperwork and such yep. so i think and i think colin you mentioned that you guys had money confiscated at the border at some point yeah yeah going into canada um yeah. some some guys on our so i think we we've talked about this before i know we have some videos in in the video course that cover this specifically but um you know the bottom line is if you're going internationally with more than 10,000, whether it's like leaving the U.S. or re-entering the U.S., you have to declare it both to the country you're leaving and the country you're entering. So these guys uh, on our team, they they, you know, they're they're playing Detroit or something, and and they decided to try Canada, and they declared 
the money entering Canada, but they had forgotten to, or they didn't know to declare it to the U.S. leaving the U.S. So then when they get back into the U.S., they declare their money and the border's like, uh, you didn't have this $110,000, you know, uh, when you left the U.S. They're like, yeah, we did. They said, well, you didn't declare it and we'll just take that money and you can prove to us that it's yours. And we spent like three months, uh, you know, compiling this massive report. Uh, we, we got it back and they fined us $10,000. They didn't explain the fine at all. They just fined us $10,000. But we were able to get, you know, a hundred of it back. It was just like a total uh, total nightmare just because they didn't follow or didn't understand the, the procedure. Yep, yep. So uh, other, than, other than that stuff, did, did you like... What I haven't played in London. What do you think of the casinos? Or uh, I thought it was great. I yeah. mean, the game was great. I, in fact, um, the yeah, just check out uh, Casino Four Hundred One. I, I I put a couple uh, entries in. I'll, nice. I'll update them just to make sure. But they're the, they're four deck games. The uh, the the uh, experience is really, they're more posh. They're mm-hmm. just nicer facilities. People let less of um, of some of the the. Unfortunate people you see in the middle of the night in casinos in yeah. some parts of the U.S. Yeah. Re- really nice higher end, and the, the games are good. I mean, it's a four deck game uh, with a little bit less than a deck cut off, which, wow. is, which is good. And um, yeah, I think I probably could have stayed longer. I ended up um, doing pretty well. I just didn't want to push it. In fact, um, a quick story. Quick story here. One of the reasons I left was I was playing, and it, uh, I wanted to make sure that if anything happened, I had. Uh, evidence of it if i was getting harassed uh-huh. or if i was getting you know so I, I i had my iphone with me and i put it on record and what i realized was i i looked down and i actually had the phone on the oh, table, no. on on the table and in my mind i'm saying to myself i'm like okay am i now committing some type of violation by recording a game or are they going to misunderstand it yeah. or misinterpret it so i was like you know what this is probably not worth all this anxiety. I don't know all the laws. Let me just uh, move on before um, you know before we agitate anyone. So <laughs> another another piece of advice: don't don't have your your phone out. Don't you know? Don't record anything in there. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, yeah. Did did they make you wear a, a sports coat? Uh, I had one on anyway. I was okay. in the office, but they do. In fact, actually, one good point about at least casinos in London: they're all private clubs. And you need to register, so they know who you are. That you have to give them your passport on your way in, and um, they make they make you register. They make you fill out forms, and they ask you questions. Have you ever been uh, banned from a casino, or have oh, you geez. ever been kicked out for cheating, or something like that? And at that, my you know my answers were no, I hadn't yeah. um, hadn't been backed off in the casino there, so it was fine. But when I was leaving after that little situation, the entire time between then and the time I left the country, I'm thinking to myself, you know, if they go, you know, check the tapes and. Uh, understand that you know i was moving money with the count is that a problem is it a, a violation and you know they know who i am so um <laughs> turned up at the airport wondering if there were yeah. some some folks in suits wanting to talk to me but it turned out to be fine and i think joe proved that uh there are plenty of games in europe so i'd look him up before if you're gonna plan on playing in europe that's awesome yeah i i went into a couple casinos in in germany but i didn't have bankroll with me so I didn't get to play, but but I did have to borrow a sports coat just to like yeah walk through yeah, they're, there. They're higher end. They're higher end, yeah. and there's not a lot of yelling and screaming. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a good awesome. time. So yeah. last question for you: What, uh, if anything, do you think you would have done differently looking back? 
Yeah, I think uh, the the point I was hitting before is, is one of them would be just just um, as you get into playing live games, just be aware of. I think there are plenty of games to play, so um, I'm not suggesting that getting you know getting put into one of the databases or uh, being bio or OSN or whatever they are. I mean, if, if you play long enough, you're going to be in there. But I would have just moved more slowly into that, um, which would allow just a little bit more latitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also just make sure you're perfect. Um, and when you when you start going into live games, you don't have to immediately go into the, the highest spread your bankroll can tolerate. Um, less than 1% risk, as, as little risk as possible, uh, especially as you're getting comfortable, because 3 4% risk doesn't seem like a lot but when you when you watch you know some of the um, some of the, the actual results you know you're going you have to tolerate the swings and yep. until until you go through it at least i can speak for myself until you go through wild swings you 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 lose you you have to manage um, losing confidence you have to know make sure that you're practicing you have to make sure that you're playing perfectly and sometimes if you have a bunch of losing sessions in a row I mean, it, it can happen even if you're playing perfectly. So there's no reason to introduce more risk in the equation because you want to, um, you know, you want to push your bank over the limits. Keep, keep your risk a room though. That's, that's a really good point. I, I've maybe shared this before, but you know, when we, when someone tested out for the church team, we, they, they had proven that they could play perfectly at home and in a casino. But even then, you know, we gave them a limited that spread. They could go up to, I think, two spots of 200 um, for something like 40 hours. And then we'd, you know, let them graduate to betting up to two spots of 500 for another some 40 or 80 hours, something like that, because you're going to be a different card counter when you have, you know, 80 or 100 hours under your belt than right when you kind of test out. Um, and, and then we would let people, you know, play higher limit stuff. But I think uh, that's a really valid point that just because your game is perfect doesn't mean you need to go, you know, all out, like just get some hours under your belt, get some confidence and you will be much better a um, hundred hours after tested out than, than right at the beginning. And the risk thing too, you know, uh, you got your brains in your bankroll. Don't overexpose your bankroll. Yeah. With that, maybe the second thing I would say there is, uh, make sure that the games that you plan to play, you practice. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like to play the, um, my own personal situation is I knew I didn't have, I don't have thousands of hours to play. So I want the highest EV with reasonable, low risk, double deck games. I like to play the premium games, but deck estimation is different in double deck than it is in six deck than it mm-hmm. is in eight deck. Practice them. Buy the discard trays. You can buy the discard uh, trays on Amazon really, really cheap. Mm-hmm. Practice them. Um, if you plan to play pitch versus heads up double deck, it's a different process. It's a different game. Um, so make make sure that you're you're going to practice the actual game that you're going to play because you, you get into a live situation and you'd be surprised how quickly you can lose concentration if you're not you know familiar with it. Absolutely, awesome. Any uh, anything else you want to share with people before we hop off? No, I appreciate it. Um, thanks for thanks for having me, and uh, you know, I just, uh, advise everyone use the resources that you have and and stick with it. It, it can be done. The math works, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, look forward to uh, next uh, boot camp in in uh, July. Awesome. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, getting on this call and sharing your story. I think there are going to be some people that can relate to it. I know uh, we've had we've had other people with similar situation as you, but you've definitely 
done it at a, a very high level and, and successfully, and uh, you've become, you know, uh, a really great person to have at boot camps and, and person to keep in touch with. So thanks for sharing your story with people. And for those that uh, want to find out more about card counting and beating the casino, that's what we're about at Blackjack Apprenticeship. You can check out all of our resources and I'll just leave it at that. Thanks a lot. 